Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to our show today. We are always so pleased to bring up topics in the military audience that have resonance with many. And today we're going to be talking with Robert Woods, who's going to discuss veteran internships. One of the things that I think a lot of transitioning service members and even veterans who wish to go back in the workforce don't think about. So we'll talk about some general separation issues and transition, but we'll take a look at some less known opportunities that people just may not really take a look at. And oftentimes it's not that they don't wish to or haven't done their homework. It's that they, it's just not on anyone's radar. So we're here today to put it on your radar. Robert, welcome to our show. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thanks a lot, Linda. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. I think one of the things that makes perfect sense to me is that whenever we have started new jobs, we start either in an entry-level position uh, Mm -hmm. or we volunteer where we think we may have an interest. (laughs) And, you know, those things are marvelous at teaching us two things. One, we love what we're thinking about doing. Or two, no, this is not for me. (laughs) Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. So talk about veteran internships, the importance of them, and then we'll get deeper into how to explore it, what to consider, how do you do your homework. And, you know, sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're unpaid, but I think we've all learned that stepping stones get you to where the dream may be. And if you only take it step by step, you will eventually get up that staircase. Right. Yeah. Well, I think um, veteran internships and on-the-job training uh, jobs and apprenticeships are probably the, the one of the key gateways to creating a new opportunity for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you're transitioning, especially if you're um, a, a younger enlisted person or, um, you know, somebody like that that may not have had leadership experiences that you can actually attribute a number to or a huge mm-hmm. number to. And so um, I think it's always it's always important to, to look out for those internships. And I think uh, the word internship, um, sometimes it has a negative connotation when you think, oh, man, I'm not going to be paid or I won't be paid enough. But I think um, the knowledge that you gain from just from from being in a new environment, learning new, you know, learning about new people, um, those things pay dividends in the future, mm-hmm. you know, because um, it contributes to your network and, um, you know, just the, the broad the broad set of skills that you bring to the table. So, well, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think that whether it is a volunteer opportunity or it is a paid internship and more and more people are realizing that a paid internship well probably not a living wage gives you an opportunity to test the waters and if you're really not sure college is not for everyone trade school is not for everyone the gi bill is now being used for both and for certification programs etc but the best way to find out if you're really unsure 
of where you want to go and what you want to do is to try out a job. Again, I think one of the most important things I ever learned was that my first job was something I did not want to go on to do (laughs) further. And I think what you don't want to do is just as important as what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you know, I was, um, I was a dental technician in the air force for about five years and, you know, I had that job mainly because one of the things I thought I wanted to do was become a dentist. And I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, this is a a gateway opportunity for myself, um, to get access to that, that industry. And I really liked the people that I worked with and the people that I served. But then I realized after five years of doing it, maybe, maybe this isn't, you know, a 20 year long career for me. And so, um, that's, that's part of the reason I made the transition out. So exactly. I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, you got to figure out what you don't want to do and what you do want to do. So (laughs) it's very important. And oftentimes let's bring right in the rest of the picture. Oftentimes it is not only the service member who's considering this Mm. change in life. And we are all better when we work as a team, Right. whether that is your family member, whether it is your battle buddies, whether it is those around you. I mean, so many Um, deployments were done by individual augmentees who no longer have that group to ask for. So the family unit, you know, no matter how you define that, has become more important in taking the next steps. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know some people, you know, including myself, you know, who's significant other, if they don't want to move, um, hey, you you probably have a hard time keeping that person around (laughs) if you want them around. (laughs) So um, I I agree with you totally. Well, and I think they often bring interesting perspectives to the table. Oh, yeah. They can take a look at you and say, you seemed really happy when you were doing Mm. X or, you know, I notice a difference when you come home from this, you you seem subdued. Now, right. there can be a lot of reasons for that. Right. It may be that you lack some skills and you need to mm. hone those skills. It could be just that change is more difficult for some people than others. But mm. I don't ever underestimate the family involvement um, in the next step. And I, I think most service members and veterans would be wise to remember that they relied on them while they were deployed or, you know, just in the service in general and failing to recognize the importance there can lead to poor decisions. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think it's really important. And, you know, you know, I think um, a lot of times, especially if you're getting out of the military as a senior member, and I I hear this a lot with when guys come out um, as officers or senior NCOs, um, oftentimes life happens by then and they do have a wife or they do have children. And you when it comes to, you know, saying, oh, I'm just going to do an internship. Your wife is like, what? (laughs) Or, or, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to do this uh, unpaid on-the-job training program in, you know, you can't really afford a pay cut. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as much as you may believe in yourself and and your abilities and things like that. So um, I think it's really important to to just communicate and plan, you know, three years out. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, you, you keep going. Um, I oh, think yeah. that you cannot ignore the financial aspects of things. Yeah. And I think at that point, communication is absolutely key. If you think that this is, you feel strongly that this is something that will lead 
to a brighter future down the road. I think with good communication, you can explore those sorts of things as long as the whole team is on board because right. it generally means that there's some cutting back, that okay. there are some changes that are made, and some sacrifices after already sacrifices have been made. And so I think that there is there is never too much communication and that by that I mean two-way communication. <laughs> <laughs> and because one-way communication that is self-limiting. Right. So I, I think that's important. But you bring up a very good point. When you're looking for internships or and apprenticeships are something a little bit different because apprenticeships at least the way I, I know the definition, mm-hmm. are usually I'll, – I'll give you an example of – what is it called in franchising? There is a – is it a master apprenticeship where you go in as a franchise learner? Mm-hmm. So you go in under the person who owns the franchise to really determine, do I have the risk factors and profiles to become a franchise owner or – Am I better off working for someone else with that stability? There's a lot of different thinking along the spectrum and risk profiles. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, I think it's important to just be self-aware, you know, and uh, that I think that's a part of the process, just figuring out who you are and, and what this industry is that you're stepping into. Um, you know, apprenticeships are always a good opportunity, in my opinion. I think so too, but how do you find them? Um, so that's a that's that's funny. So for me, I define apprenticeships as um, a learning opportunity, um, whether it's paid or unpaid. Right now, we're working with um, a, a venture capital firm that is uh, hosting an apprenticeship program for um, a veteran right now, and it's it's going well. But you know, she's learning on the job. And, um, it, you know, I could also call it an on the job training program. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, the, the verbiage can be, um, can be switched sometimes, but, um, you know, they're, they're trying her out. She's trying the job out. And I think it's a win-win for both parties because both of those people are, I mean, both of you know, the company and the veteran, they're both incredible. And, um, it's just awesome to see the growth between the two. Um, Yeah. I also think that how you onboard someone, if both of you are aware, like you just said, that -hmm. company is aware that they're both on, I won't use the word probation, but they're both on an exploratory exploratory journey. And so everyone has their best foot forward because Mm -hmm. success is the goal. And goodness knows, setting the expectation for success is a lot better than simply stepping into an entry-level position and hoping it goes where you want it to go. So in this example, um, without giving any names, of course, do you feel as though the onboarding process is a continual one with constant check-ins and good communication? Absolutely. I think there has to be constant check-ins and communication, and also um, people have to – they have to, you know, have their progress be uh, annotated, you know, because um, you have to annotate the the growth and you have to annotate the things that aren't aren't so positive. So I think that's that's really important, in, you know, for all parties involved. 
For I think sure. that's true of any job anyone yeah. takes. And one of the things that we are having challenges with in this country is <laughs> accountability. What mm. value do you bring? Right. How much value is that worth to the company? Whether it's valuable to you may mean much less than if you're not contributing to the mission as a whole. And when we come back, I, I read an article just this morning in the Wall Street Journal that was talking about how the younger veterans and younger civilians are seeking advancement immediately. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. notice you buy more groceries when you use a large shopping cart. The shopping cart, or trolley as it was originally called, was invented in 1937 by Sylvan Goldman, owner of two Oklahoma City grocery stores. Back then, shoppers carried their food in wicker baskets. One day, Goldman was observing his customers and realized that as soon as their baskets were full or too heavy on their arm, people stopped shopping. Goldman thought if we could somehow give customers two baskets, we could do considerably more business. What's another word for a resourceful person? A debrouillard. Goldman put wheels on some folding chairs, attached two baskets to the seat, and let the back of the chair act as a handle so the cart could be pushed with one hand. What do you call anything that can be manipulated with one hand? A thumbadoodle. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Robert Woods about after transition, uh, internships, apprenticeships. How do you find them? What do you do with them? What about the accountability? And that's where I'd like to go next is that there are lots of articles that are coming out, one just today, that is talking about how, especially when military members go into their first job, there's a lot of job transition. You hear stories, and these are not just anecdotal, these are proven, that people came in with skills that may not translate exactly into the civilian world. And they had more leadership capabilities, they learned how to do things through protocols and process, in a way that maybe their civilian peers don't at this time. So they go seeking leadership opportunities before they've really done their homework on their new place of business. And so there's a big frustration level in the growing good market because if someone doesn't advance within the first six months, if that's what their thought is, then they feel like they're failing and they're going to move on. There's a big difference between moving on from a job because it wasn't a good fit than it is from thinking that, you know, I, I put in six months. Now it's time to promote me. <laughs> well, no, this is I'm, I'm quoting straight from the article this yes. morning. And but we've seen it. We've heard it. And I remember thinking as a young person in the um, marketplace and, and looking at my first job, they tell me it's going to take six months to even learn the job. And I'm thinking, ha. I can do this in three weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you come to realize that 
No, the nuances of the people you work with, the communication style, the leadership style. How do you manage upward? How do you account for all that you do? Accountability is important. And sometimes it's the self-done tasks, writing yourself a weekly report of what you did at the end of the week, whether or not someone has required it, actually lets you take a look and realize that you have acquired knowledge and skills that will help you later on. So I, I did that as I was coming up through the ranks because some weeks I felt like I hadn't done anything until I wrote that report at the end of the day on Friday evening. And I, I found it to be a very good tool. Is that something you hear anyone doing anymore? Is that old fashioned? Um, I don't think it's old fashioned. I definitely did it. Um, so I, I think that's awesome. <laughs> um, I think one of the issues when it comes to guys leaving or, you know, or girls um, leaving the their job within the first year of employment. And I think that statistic is well, the last time I heard it, it was 50 percent of veterans leave their jobs right. in that first year. And I think it's about a mismanaged or, well, mismanaged expectations. Um, and, you know, it, when when we have one or two interviews or maybe three interviews, it's like it's almost like getting married after a few dates. You know, it's a huge commitment <laughs> that we make. Good analogy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a it's a yeah, huge... that would not be the best way to go about such a commitment. But okay, exactly. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's a huge financial commitment for the business. And right. um, they kind of make that commitment because. For one, they don't necessarily have the time to to try anybody else out. And this seems like it might be a good fit. You need a job. I need a person. Um, so those those expectations are mismanaged. And also, um, I think trust between the two parties. Um, if if there's a person that's um, that that knows they're a good fit for, you know, a, a, a middle management job um, within eight months or nine months and uh the the boss has been there for seven years they may not they may not trust that that new guy um with the the position that's right under him um and i think that's that's also something but i also think uh political influences and the stability of the business are things that um a veteran or anyone may not know before they 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 uh they get involved with a business um you know uh, for instance, when I when I transitioned, um, I was working for a business for about a year, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, I, I was, uh, you know, employee of the month a few times within the first few months. Mm -hmm. I've been crushing it. Um, they should put me up for for promotion. And um, the thing is, they just didn't want to. They didn't want a guy like me uh, to be doing it. And I didn't now, really know was what that, that was. Was that just a fit difference? Were you a more entrepreneurial type person and they weren't used to that? Or or was it just too soon? Well, I think they want a person that's plug and play. You know, I think um, Interesting. that's Is that the company culture that we have to pay attention to as we yeah. learn the new jobs? That definitely, the company culture. And that's why I think culture fit is like a huge buzzword, but I think it really means a lot in these businesses. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you don't fit, I, I call it self-pruning. Um, <laughs> you will you will self-prune because you, if you don't fit and getting up and going to work, we've all taken jobs that we do because we need the paychecks, period, end of story, and we do our best, right. and then we go home. But then there are the jobs that lead to opportunities and careers, something different. And I, I think that there, if you don't feel um, that you can contribute value, 
uh, and lesser so because you are being paid. So that is your affirmation of appreciation. But some people truly need the personal affirmation of accolades and the attaboys and right. the responses. And I think we have to gauge our own selves in terms of what do we need? Because you're not going to find it everywhere. And some industries are more prone to that and others are, you know, move in or move out. Exactly. No, I totally agree with you. So how would you gauge that when you're interviewing? How do you gauge that culture until you've been there for a while? Mm. You know, that's a that's a really tough one. I would say, um, especially now, companies have more of an online presence than they ever have. So I think um, making sure you, you really look at their 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 YouTube videos. Do they have any YouTube videos? Especially if you want one of those, um, you know, gateway opportunities as a veteran. Check to see if they have veteran programs or anything like that. Or are, do mm-hmm. veterans work in that business? That could tell you a lot about the company. Um, and you know, since we have LinkedIn, a thing that I would always do is check to see if veterans worked there and also um, are there veterans in leadership positions and I reach out to those people before I well you know during the application process um, and that typically you know led me to some really really positive results Um, one company in particular the I'm not sure if I can name names um, you're welcome to name what you wish to name but you don't have to (laughs) okay so it was uh, Guggenheim Partners they are you know, they're one of the investment banks that really, really um, values the the worth of military veterans and their um, their growth. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a veterans transition assistance, excuse me, veterans transition associate program um, at that company. And, you know, I, I'll say that it changed my life. And, um, you know, there were 20, 20, about 20 people that are accepted each year. And um, things like that. I mean, they, they happen at Bank of America, PwC, all the bulge bracket banks. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's important to just to check to see if these companies really care about <laughs> people like you. And um, I think I have to bring up a point, though. I mm-hmm. know someone who went into a company mm-hmm. where there was no onboarding and no veteran presence, but the company wanted to make it. Mm. And so I, I guess I, I'm putting this out there as a caveat to not ignore those that don't have it. If you have the fortitude to be the person who is the change, if, if the company is willing, because I, I knew a person who joined their company and said, I, I would love to join your company, but I would also like to support what is personal to me, which is bringing more veterans in because I think they would also fit with their training. Da, 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 da. And he became the one who set up their right. onboarding mentorship program. So, yes, if it's there, that's great because the trail has already been plowed for you. But right. if it isn't there, it depends on you. Yeah, it sounds like they definitely had a, a, a leadership team that um, appreciated them and uh, definitely gave them an ear. You know, mm-hmm. and trusted them with their business. So I think that's that's incredibly important, um, and sometimes that's exactly what what these companies need and want. So um, people that take initiative, that's that's perfect. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, it has to start somewhere. So yeah. since not everything 
ha- every company has one, sometimes you may need to be the change, which <laughs> I think that's a slogan somewhere. But at any rate, it is important. Let's talk about accountability. One of the things when we take a new job, and we already talked about writing Friday reports so that we know what we contributed and did. I think one of the hardest things is when you have your first performance review and someone brings up, well, you need to work on these things. You've already had fit reps your entire military career. You agreed with some, you disagreed with others, but you're familiar with being evaluated. Do you think it is similar or very different in the employment world? Um, I think it's similar. I think it's similar. Um, you know, I think we all have different things that we're we're trying to do. And I think this is those evaluation periods. That's the perfect time for it to be a two way street in terms of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if someone says, hey, Rob, you don't really speak up that much. And I'm like, hey, uh, you know, you should probably ask me better questions or, <laughs> um, you know, something like that. So I think it's just important to keep that communication open. All right. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Um, Is it their job to ask you better questions or is it your job to offer information in a discussion or both? Yeah, I think both. You know, um, I think it's always important to read the room. Some leadership or some supervisors really don't like you to, quote, unquote, talk back or uh, provide, um, you know, new guidance on things. Hey, I'm the boss. But, uh, you know, if they are welcoming of that kind of thing, then I think it's important to to let them know, you know, Um, and also be genuine. You know, if if you're the type, I mean, I I don't think if, if you're the type of person that just doesn't like being told what to do, then um, it's hard to be employed anywhere. <laughs> but um, Good point. <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, everybody has to be coachable, including the supervisors. Well, and coachability is is on the spectrum. I mean, yeah. you, people can be uh, open to criticism, but they may not be open to the way that person responds to them. Mm. And, And that has happened to all of us. But it is also our responsibility to make sure that we convey what helps us learn the most. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Um, You know, the Myers-Briggs, I think it still works, you know. Um, Also, there are tests out there. uh, One test called the Wonderlick score that I know employers are implementing now. I had I had an employer ask me to please put that as a requirement recently. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean I think making sure it's a fit before they even before they before they even touch the uh, application is important. I think what you just said a moment ago. We'll talk about after this next break, which okay. is reading the room, and I think that. You know, in the military, you have a chain of command. You are working with those in the room, whether you want to or not. And in the civilian world, reading the room is a little more fluid than it is in the military. (laughs) So I would love to talk about that and further on communication. We will be back. Uh, We are talking to Robert Woods about veteran opportunities after separation. Don't go away. There's more to come. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're talking with Robert Woods again, and we're talking more about communication. I am currently reading a book by Alan Alda of MASH fame, wonderful actor and great sense of humor. And the book is called... If I understood you, would my face look like this? <laughs> and I, I was amused by the title and, you know, bought the book and subsequently find that it has some great nuggets about communication because it is a two-way street. And in positions of authority, there's often do this, don't do that. Why right. the heck did you do that? Hmm. Um, versus seeing that someone is not understanding. And one of the big points in this book was that people often get caught up in jargon. They get caught up in um, just delivering their message, period. So think PowerPoint in your mind when mm -hmm. what you really want is a conversation. So the, the big takeaway that I took from the early part of the book, I'm not done yet, is that it's it's also the responsibility of the person providing the instruction or direction or directive to be understood. And how do you do that? Through observation, intuition, uh, tone of voice, see if the person's face is showing that they don't get it. And if they don't get it, that's not always their fault completely. It's also the, the accountability of the person delivering the message. So I think we do well to remember that both parties – need to make sure that the message is received. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, you or know, Alan Alda is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he's right too. Um, you know, it's always important. I mean, in, in any level of communication, even with, with uh, children, you just have to try to make sure they get it. And sometimes um, you have to take the time to do that. And I think mm -hmm. that's that's incredibly, incredibly important. And, and that's part of the reason why, um, you know, on the job training programs are, I think there it's a coveted position because you actually have an opportunity to say, Hey, uh, I don't get it. Would you please show me? Because I'm trying to obtain the knowledge uh, in this specific career field and you have that knowledge and uh, it's, it's time for you to trade it. So it's important. But I love that you just said, show me because <laughs> I think so many times that, intellectual curiosity, the desire to do better, the desire to better understand is stifled because you don't want to get shot down. Yeah. Uh, I had a wonderful friend in college who asked a question and 
she was told, isn't it obvious? Mm. And she said later to me, well, if it was so obvious, do you think I would have asked the question? (laughs) And well, no, I'm serious. I think it happens a lot. I think we're put down in some ways, which stifles conversation, as do labels. Labels will shut down a conversation quickly. But if you're willing to say, just as you did, show me, I'd really like to know how to do that better, or you do that really smoothly, and it's a skill I'd like to learn. Mm. That's actually complimentary to the yeah. person that you're saying it to. It's not sucking up, unless you are sucking up, which <laughs> always comes across as inauthentic. Yes. Um, but do you find that that's hard to do, depending on some cultures? Uh, yeah, definitely, depending on some cultures. And, you know, some in some cultures you have six months to ask questions, and some you have about two days. So I think it's important to to really get all your questions out in the beginning, um, as as soon as you can, but mm-hmm. um, but sometimes you're not exposed to all facets of the business within the first week. You know, it it, t- it might take a year for you to see something for the first time. Um, but you know, again, I think it's important to a- ask the question when you're exposed to it instead of you know making everybody else think that you know what to do or um, you know when you don't. I think that's critical. One of the things that always struck me, um, I used to run a company with a lot of employees, hundreds of employees. And I, I used to tell them, it, it's so important to me that you tell me what you don't know. Mm-hmm. I will not judge you for that. But right. if you don't know what you don't know, then we have we have a future potential problem. <laughs> and so I have no troubles telling people what I don't know, because that's how I learn. And it it's a culture that was set up that way. And it worked very well. But as I said, not every culture is that open. Now, here's a devil's advocate on your ask all your questions in the beginning. <laughs> um, if you're asking all the questions in the beginning, does that cause some leadership to wonder if they made the right decision? Or can you set that up to say, my learning style is to ask questions as I go? Is that how you would like me to bring my thoughts to, mm. to the forefront? Or would you prefer they come in writing once a week? I think that's a great question. Um, I think it depends on the atmosphere of the business, um, but uh, and and the relationship that you have with the with the supervisor. But again, I think it comes to managing expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I'm a, <clears throat> if I say that I have a Series Seven license to be, um, I guess, to work at a, in a front office role in an mm-hmm. investment banking company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and I have supposedly have five years of experience. There are certain questions I should not be asking. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think it just depends. I mean, I, I don't think there's a, a one um, one shot to that. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a it's definitely one of those hairy areas. In my it can opinion. be. It can be. Uh, I, I also know that um, one time I had someone say to me, you know, I've learned so much. And I'm wondering if I could share that with you because I think that if we had guidelines, well, that started SOPs for everything. Mm. And so there was easy transition if someone went on vacation, if someone had a question, if someone left the company. Mm. And that was another thing that military are very familiar with SOPs. And that is, is a way that 
the military culture can contribute to the civilian culture because who doesn't want a succession plan and ease of transition? Because the worst thing you can hear, in my opinion, is we can't let you be promoted. You're too valuable where you are. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Um, well, that's my- the mark of very poor leadership. But <laughs> well, no, in my that's all my opinion. Yeah. But but you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's that's probably a disheartening thing um, for for that person that's just striving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're almost um, pen- penalized for mm-hmm. being great. No, you that's, are being penalized yeah. for being great. So. It, what I'm also a coach and I, and I said to them, well, Mm -hmm. did you say to them, you know, I am more than happy to coach and train the person to succeed me. And I thank you for that compliment. But in order for me to continue to grow and prosper for the company, I really do need to know that there's upward mobility and it was well received. Wow. That's awesome. That's, that's great advice. And I, you're, you're, you're a great coach. <laughs> <laughs> that was one example, but thank you. No, seriously, you, you can't hold people back who are so good. In fact, I, I think you will hear most employers say, I don't want the person I have to, you know, kick in the butt. I want the mm-hmm. person I have to actually pull the reins in on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Um, I used to get that a lot since I was so energetic. Um, you know, hey Rob, slow down, man. Hey, you, you actually you can actually take a day off if you want, man. It's not busy around the office. Um, those are like I think those are good signs, honestly. And I think people should take advantage of that when it happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And the reason I say that is because that person was offering you something, mm-hmm. and by not taking it, you're not giving them the opportunity to appreciate you. Mm, wow, I never thought about it that way. Well, we we often think that we're better to give than receive, but sometimes receiving a gift from someone is a gift to them. Mm. Wow, that's that's poignant. It's true, though. I mean, uh, oftentimes we we think that there's you know only one way to do things, and and yet by building the camaraderie, it really does help. And and I think that asking questions is extremely important when you look at designing your future after separation. I'm sure that, like most of us, you draw yourself a nice linear path and instead (laughs) it's like spaghetti when you look back at it. But do you have points, do you think, on a continuum that you may have the spaghetti going up and down on the linear plane, but, but there are some points that you are showing yourself that you're making progress. Do you guide people to, you know, set their goals, but not set them as, if I don't achieve this, I have failed? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> definitely. And per- personally, I, uh, I have my non-negotiables, you know, the things that before, um, you know, the casket closes, sorry to be morbid, but um, <laughs> before it's all said and done, there are a few things that have to be true about Robert E. Woods III. That's how I truly feel. Um, but as far as when I talk to candidates, yeah, I, I, I truly uh, believe that because um, the first thing that I say to them is, hey, um, I just want to know what is the vision that you have for yourself 
um, you know, ultimately, what's your ultimate goal? Um, and some people, they say, you know, honestly, I, I want to own my own business in real in the real estate industry, or I want to be a tech entrepreneur or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the job is a part of that ascent, then I definitely keep them in the process, in the hiring process. But if it's clearly not and they just um, they actually want to do something totally different, like, mm-hmm. you know, move to Rome in three months um, oh. or <laughs> or something like that's a uh, short lived job. Yeah, that's a short lived <laughs> or do something, you know, that's not aligned with the person that they want to become. Then I already know immediately that that, that they're not a good fit. So that's part of kind of the process of, of me guiding people as well. Well, it's also really taking a look at people's realistic expectations. Mm. Because if if you want to go to Rome in three months, perhaps you should take a sabbatical. Yes. If you have the you know fortitude and wherewithal to do that, go ahead and get that out of your system. Because right. no company is going to want to hear that you want a three-month <laughs> vacation before you've started your first day of work. Exactly. Uh, certainly you can say that travel is an interest of yours, mm-hmm. but there's a big difference in those two things. Here's, here's the – I'm going to go back on you right before we go to our last break. I don't think there's anything wrong in saying – I don't know where I'm ultimately going to end up, but mm. I do know that it will include, you know, these three things yeah. that are important to you. Mm-hmm. And and that's an honest answer. It is. It is. It is. Um, and I appreciate that, too. And, you know, I just want to make sure people are at least a little aligned. Um, <laughs> yes. You know. At least a little bit. <laughs> well, I agree with you, and I and I think, that, as I said, the path is is usually circuitous, and it, yeah. it doesn't happen, you know, boom, 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 in in the same fashion that we might hope it would. But mm-hmm. we're going to go on break in about thirty seconds. But okay. we do need to have the self awareness, the know thyself. Very true. Yeah, I'm I'm big on that. I'm definitely big on that. And you know, um, and maybe it doesn't come until you've had a few revelations and gone through some, some true challenges in life. But, Mm -hmm. uh, that may be why I'm so, I'm such a big proponent of that. But, um, you know, I think everybody should at least have a a one year plan. That's a good way to do it because you take the small steps as you go. So we're coming on our last break and when we come back, let's talk about where you go next If you're looking for the job after separation or the path after separation and how life can humble you and how to work around those adversities. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after these short messages. your parents or grandparents complain about walking to school uphill both ways, you can tell them about a village in China where getting to school is a real adventure. In the mountainous Sichuan province, children have to get to school from their tiny village of Acular by rappelling, abseiling, and clambering down a 2,500-foot cliff. Using ropes and bamboo ladders to scale this one-half-mile-high brachtumic, the journey is so difficult that the school children, ages 6 to 15, only return home every two weeks. What's the word for the fear of heights? 
Hipsophobia. A new set of steel stairs is now being considered to help make the journey to school safer. By the way, a rock kamak is a hill so steep it hurts the stomach of anyone who tries to climb it. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Rob, let's talk about the fact that you're at different stages when you're looking for either another position, a different position, where you are in your military career, were you in for four years, for 10, for 20, for 30? What is it you wish to do? And you mentioned earlier that when you have some life experience under your belt, that changes your perspective on, on, on how you approach things. And I absolutely agree with you. And I I think it's interesting that um, life humbling you and going through adverse things and knowing that you can walk out the other side is probably one of the greatest teaching tools that we have. And, And yet how we view that makes a big difference. So if we've, we're searching for the the perfect job, thinking it's going to be in this next three months. One of the things that disheartens people, and I see this on LinkedIn all the time, is that with the job market in good shape and veteran employment in good shape, mm-hmm. it's going to take you longer to find a job. Mm-hmm. So as you're preparing for that, no matter where you are in your separation after service, how long in advance do you tell people to kind of take a look, write down your priorities, your want-to-have, your nice-to-haves, your need-to-haves, and your I-do-not-want-X-Y-Z? Um, well, I don't think there's – there's. Uh, I don't think you could plan enough. You know, um, I think I've, – I've seen some people that have taken five years, three years, um, or even six months to plan, um, <clears throat> but I think – it all just depends on you and your specific situation. Now, the person that plans five years ahead has, you know, he had a 17-year-old and a and a 12-year-old, so it really, you know, he had mm-hmm. to. Um, but, you know, if you're a young guy getting out, maybe you can do six months or a year. Um, but I, I just think it's important to figure out what's best for your situation. If you're trying to go to school straight out of the military, mm-hmm. I think you should definitely – definitely take at least a year and a half out because, um, you know, within that time, you can figure out what the um, what the recruitment cycles are and what the enrollment mm. cycles are. If the school is a yellow ribbon program, um, if the school is not, uh, you know, you know, you name it, there are so many variables that are uh, that that come to play there. And also, if it's um, an employment situation, I think at least two years, mainly because, you um, you know, the cycles in employment are going to change so much. And you'll also learn more about the industries that you like. For example, in the tech industry, there are so many opportunities for veterans that it's, it's incredible. Um, You know, and the finance and the finance industry as well. Um, And yeah, I think, uh, I think those, those would be my two main points. Well, I think they're good points. And I think that sometimes life experiences, like you said, if you've got children about to enter college mm-hmm. or you've got um, a sick relative, so you need to relocate someplace else, or you choose not to relocate and the job market there is more limited, 
there's a trade-off for every decision we make in life. Right. And so as you look at that uh, and your life experiences and your risk profile, frankly, how <laughs> much risk are you willing to take? Mm. And if you're not, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Absolutely. Just know what it is and know what your family's risk profile is too, especially if you're thinking of starting your own business or buying a franchise mm. um, because those are different kinds of you know, new jobs after separation that that bring in the entire family. I keep coming back to the family because I think yeah. as a unit, it, it makes it much stronger. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if everybody knows what they're expecting, you know, that's probably the best way to communicate because um, uprooting a kid, you know, that is has about been to... uprooted multiple times. Yeah, yeah, and they just got comfortable. That's like a terrible thing uh, to do, and they might end up resenting you, resenting the military, and all, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, just just taking all that into account is so critical. Um, I was fortunate because you know my son, he's only, he was only one year old when I um, when I left Mississippi. Um, to come up to New York to try to to start this new life, um, but hopefully, you know, by the time he's six or seven, he'll he'll appreciate <laughs> the I life that we created. I think he will grow with you. I mean, I think that's that's you know yeah. one of the strongest things to learn. One of the things you spoke about when we talked prior to this show mm-hmm. was that what made you great in the military will make you great when you leave. Right. And again, coming back to the self awareness. Is this one of those things that, sure, you can think about, well, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, I'm less good at this. But if you just think it and you don't write it down and you don't revise it from time to time, is that the wisest thing to do? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I think it's best to to keep a journal um, of all the things you're you're feeling, all the things that you're you're doing uh-huh. that are going to contribute to your success in the future. Um, I think that's it's self awareness. You're right. It's is so important. Uh, I think it's you know it can be overused the word itself, I know. but uh, I think it's. I mean, it, it may be overused because it's important. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. Well, but if you if you are not self-aware, if you don't take the time to work on you mm-hmm. and to figure out what it is that do you communicate well? Do you need to read some books? Do you mm. need to go to a class? Do you need to just try out new modes of communication? Uh, I told you, I, I read books on leadership and communication all the time because right. um, John Maxwell is my mentor and mm. I absolutely adore one of these books he wrote i'm reaching for it now everyone (laughs) communicates few connect and Hmm. what the most effective people do differently and we're in the most connected society we have ever had but do we feel like we're engaged on a personal level with people all the time i would venture to say no yeah yeah definitely and i actually saw you i saw one of your interviews and you said that and i totally (laughs) agreed um and i think uh there's also a book out that talks about that. Um, you know, there's a startup book that talks about that, and the chapter is called "Get Out of the Building." Um, and oh, I, think I like the, that. Yeah, right. And the author was like, "Hey, I'm amazed at the fact that there's, you know, with LinkedIn and all this stuff, nobody's connected." Um, and you know, um, it's just so important to to really shake somebody's hand and look them in the eye um, and and ask them what their goals are, who they are. 
you know, what made them who they are? How did they get here? People's stories are incredibly important and uh, interesting when you really when you really get to sit down with someone. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, all those things I think is so important. Well, and you bring up a very good point. When we engage, whether it's random, you know, right in the grocery store line, uh, or it's an interview and a formal yeah. process, knowing that everybody does have a story, and also knowing that everybody is fighting a battle you cannot see, mm-hmm. I I don't know that there is anyone who doesn't have something going on in their lives that mm-hmm. they keep to themselves and they try and manage, and <laughs> it, the the kindness factor, the openness factor. You know, Facebook and social media are highlight reels. But when we come down to what makes our lives meaningful and purposeful, it's usually the people we surround ourselves with, what we read, what we listen to, what we watch. And it highly influences whether we are an optimist or a pessimist. And I, I just recently had a guest on who said that optimists, this is a physician, live eight years longer Hmm. Eight years longer than a pessimist. So Hmm. all the more reason to surround yourself with things that uplift rather than deflate, which brings me to another point. When there is someone who is setting out to derail you or is toxic or doesn't share your dreams or doesn't want you to go start a business because they would never do that and they don't Hmm. have your risk profile, when they are naysayers, it's time to take a very important close look and decide whether this is one of the five people you'd like to influence you. I'm not saying dump them. I am saying, though, maybe put them at arm's length and surround yourself, not with you know people that yes you. That's not the point either. Mm. But, but to surround yourself with people who have like endeavors. This is where some of these meetup groups or veteran oh, yeah. uh, coffee houses and and you know you know all of the ones that are set up in big cities in DC right. and New York and Atlanta and California i mean these are great places to network and see people in person you learn so much from mm. the body language the handshakes you and the connections you have yeah definitely and you know i think um you know i know you're an entrepreneur and a, and a leader um and as a as a leader it's it's kind of or as an entrepreneur you know, everybody else or some other people, other groups, they might think, oh, man, that person is crazy. Why do they do that? You know, but uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> crazy people belong with crazy people, you know, but when you meet them, you might click instantly. And um, those are the things that create lifelong bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to try to engage with, the, you know, people that are like minded. You know, so it's, it's, but uh, I also think it's important to connect with people who are not like minded. Mm, I am okay. fascinated by people <laughs> who have different opinions than me because huh. I want to hear why. Ah, okay. That's important too. That's because important. intellectual curiosity and lifelong learning go together with entrepreneurship, with friendship, you know, with whatever, whatever it is. But yeah. I think we are so prone these days to. Uh, superficial rather than substantive <laughs> conversation. Yes. That that's why I'm glad this show is an hour long. It allows us to get into mm-hmm. some of the discussion pieces that if we did in a shorter amount of time, mm-hmm. we'd have to skim over. And 
Right. And I think we're tired of the hors d'oeuvres. We want the dinner. <laughs> right, right. Yes, I totally agree with Is that. Is that just me? <laughs> no, no, you're, you're exactly right. And I think that's why long form content is typically the most successful and the most impactful. And you're, you're exactly right. I don't know if I'm exactly right. I just know what works for me. And I think that's yeah. the message I'd like to get across is yes. what works for one person won't work for the next. Mm-hmm. But you have to know and explore and, and figure out your mindset and, and where you want to go and what you want to do. So have we missed anything else? And I want people to know how to reach you for more information. You, know, you said you had a Facebook page. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so you can reach me at um, Robert E. Woods the Third on Facebook. Also, um, the same thing on LinkedIn as well. Um, and I have a podcast called The Night's Tale Podcast. Um, K-N-I-G-H-T. The Night's Tale Podcast. Um, and that's where I talk about some of the tips, tools, tactics, and mindsets required to make a smooth transition out of the military or into your new uh, path of life, um, even if you aren't in the military. Then definitely Google that. The Knights Talk, the Knight, like Knights in Shining Armor, the yes. Knights Tale. Tale Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for giving of your time and wisdom this morning. I, I've enjoyed Thank this you. conversation. And I think that there, the future is bright for everybody who is going to go out and separate, if they just take a little time, consideration, communicate well, talk to their families, um, engage with others who've walked the road before them, the other veterans, and to never give up the camaraderie that was there. Do you agree? Absolutely. I totally agree. You can't ever give that up. No, I think it's a loss that that doesn't bear repeating. So, Thank you for all of this information, and we will have another guest of great interest to you next week. And so glad to talk with you, Robert. Again, you can find him at Robert E. Woods III on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Thank you for listening today. We will be back next week with another show, and we always enjoy learning and talking and learning some more. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 